Well, my brothers and sisters, you guys are the lucky ones at St. Michael's this weekend because I'm gonna, I'm staying faithful to you, but to the other groups at St. John's and St. Patrick's, I'm gonna betray them and tomorrow I'm gonna be hanging out with the Lutherans and the Methodists. So, so you guys, you guys are, uh, you get me to this weekend alone, alright? Uh, we begin the awesome season of Lent. Awesome, awesome season of Lent. Notice we don't ever say to people, or at least most of us don't, happy Lent, right? Lent is supposed to be a time of kind of sober reflection where we're getting ready for the happy season of Easter, uh, but we're not quite there yet. So we're, it's a time for silence, and we're trying to cultivate that spirit of silence, and uh, it's a time of reflection, and hopefully we're engaging at least to to our abilities in the three spiritual pillars, the disciplines of prayer and fasting and almsgiving, and these are the these are the things that help us get ready for the joyful season of Easter. We got to make room in our hearts for God if we want the resurrection joy and the resurrection power to come in and to find space in our hearts. We've got to make that space, and so that's what we do during Lent, and we begin with Jesus, forty days in the desert fasting. Okay, and so our Lenten journey is, as it were, uh, traveling with Jesus through these 40 days in the desert. And that's, that's kind of what we're about here with these 40 days of Lent. And so it's appropriate that we start off hearing from the gospel, the temptations of Christ in the desert. Each one of these temptations is so deep and so profound. There's so many things that can be spoken about. Uh, I decided I'm really just going to focus on one temptation because there's so much to say. I won't get, uh, you know done in time here if, uh, if I try to uh, address too much. So I'm just going to focus on that first temptation. The devil comes to the Lord and he says, if you're the son of God, command the stone to become bread. Okay. Now, probably right on the surface of things, what's going on there is Jesus is hungry. He's, he has fasted for 40, he hasn't eaten for 40 days. Okay. I'm assuming he drank some water over the course of that time. I'm assuming that. But as far as food goes, I don't think he had any. It seems like he had absolutely nothing. So that's quite uh, extraordinary. You can imagine him being hungry at the, at the end of those 40 days. So the immediate temptation is for Christ to eat something. Okay. I think there's a deeper level, though, of what's going on. The devil is, in effect, he's saying this. He's saying to Jesus, Jesus, so you're supposed to be the Savior of the world, right? Okay, well, if you haven't noticed, we've got some really big problems in the world. Everybody's, there's, hunger is widespread. Okay? And if you're the real deal, if you really, uh, you know, are worth your salt, you're going to show the world that you can provide them with bread. Okay? That's probably the, at the deeper level, the deeper temptation that the devil is, is placing before Christ. Now, if that's the case, notice what's going on right away. The, the root question is, what's the most important thing in life? What's the most central and fundamental reality? Is it our material needs or is it God? See, that's the nature of all the tempta- of all three temptations. What's the most important and central reality? Is it our comfort? Our, albeit obviously we have physical needs, you know, they're important. It's not like they're not nothing. Okay. But are they absolutely first? Are they the most fundamental value? Are they what really matters in life? Or is 
God what really matters? You see, that's that's the kind of the question that's being posed to us. And so Jesus responds with the word of God. Okay, he quotes from Deuteronomy. In fact, all of his responses to the devil are from Deuteronomy. It's very interesting. But he says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And so the response to that, that fundamental temptation is that no, what matters most, what's first, is God. And then spiritual things, the human spirit, freedom of the mind and of the will, and then the needs of the body. The needs of the body are necessary and are important, but they're not first. And that's the temptation and that's the message. And if you see human history, throughout the course of human history, mankind has always been tempted to put his material needs first before God. Okay? That's always the temptation. And uh, we fall for it all the time. Jesus did it. Okay? And so because of Jesus not falling for that trap, we can have faith that we don't have to fall for it either. Okay, We can have that hope and that assurance that we're going to be insulated from that error, from that fatal mistake, really. The most obvious example of mankind falling for this mistake is communist Marxism. Okay, uh, Even before the Bolshevik Revolution, you know, Karl Marx lived in the, in the 1800s, and so he, he started writing, he started just creating this philosophy okay, out of out of his own imagination, okay, about, oh, it's a utopia. This is how we can have heaven on earth, all right? It's through this philosophy, this Marxist philosophy. And I'm going to bring, Karl Marx, I'm going to bring salvation to the whole world because everybody's going to have bread, you see? I understand the laws of economics and I can, and he doesn't really understand the laws of economics, and I'm going to come up with this idea and then we're going to ram it down people's throats and we're going to liberate everybody and make everybody happy. All right? How'd that experiment work? Right? How many, how much chaos and human death has resulted as a result of that one man sitting down in his study writing a few books? Isn't that amazing to think about that? Because he fell for that fundamental temptation that bread is what really matters and God, he's just secondary at best. At worst, he's an annoyance, and we don't need him at all. And we can excise him from human society. We can we can cut him out of human history, and we can just, in the material realm, operate and be successful and be happy and be flourishing, and we can make heaven on earth. We don't need God to bring... We don't need to go to heaven. We can just create heaven here and now. Okay, by our own lights, by our own efforts... Maybe by a little bit of bloodshed. Oh, but that's just a necessary means to an end. Okay? That's the kind of totalitarian mindset. Um, you know, there was a book written in between Karl Marx and the Bolshevik Revolution that was called The Rule of Bread. Isn't that amazing? The Rule of Bread, as if what really matters was just material well-being. And then... I hear it said, I don't know this for sure, I'd kind of have to probably check my homework, but I hear it said that in the, after the course of the outfall of the Bolshevik Revolution, one of the things that would, was commonly done to children under the communist regime is they would, this, the teacher in the schools, you know, would, would have like a piece of bread behind his back. 
And he'd go up to the little kid and he'd say, Okay, Johnny, ask God for some bread. And Johnny would say, God, give me some bread. And of course, no bread would appear magically out of the sky. And then he'd say, Okay, ask Commandant so-and-so for some bread. And then he'd ask him and he'd give him bread. Okay, so they were indoctrinating their children to learn that basically human the state and human efforts and human beings and all our endeavors and our material progress is really the solution to our problems. But that's not true. My brothers and sisters, if we don't put God first, the human heart and the human spirit dies. And we are totally empty inside. No matter if we got three square meals a day and we got lots of entertainment and our senses are stimulated and we've got you know certain satisfactions at the at the mere material level our spirits die nonetheless and so lent is a time where we actually give up bread all right we empty ourselves out to make room for god and we remember that the human spirit longs more more fundamentally for god than it does even for material well-being now, of course, I give the example, this extreme example of Marxist communism, but can we not fall for the same um, trap? Okay, we put work first. We 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 put um, we got to do this, we got to do that, we got to, and we just forget about God. You know, we put all our material needs first. We prioritize them, and then we just kind of forget about God. We don't we don't refer all our actions and all our. Um, Blessings that we have, the material blessings, they come from God. And we don't give thanks to God for them. And we forget about Him. We forget about going to church. We forget about worship. And we forget about these things. So Lent is a beautiful time where we can reverse that natural trend that we have. And we can beat the devil at his game. And we can empty ourselves out. And we can say, no, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God.